Welcome to the One Meal, One Workout Podcast, your new approach to food and fitness. Brought to you by Element OP Productions. ElementOP.com. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Butler, Don Sullivan, and Mark Cockrell. Hey, everybody, welcome to One Meal, One Workout, episode number 79. Excited to be here tonight. We've got an interesting topic coming up for you in just a minute. But before that, I'd like Mark Cockrell to explain to me why in the world he wants to get rid of Comcast. Hi, Aaron. Excellent introduction. Thank you. Good to see you too, Don. I was going to get to Don. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, I'm patiently waiting. No worries. So, Comcast, um, I, I just have cable. Just cable. Cable internet. Nothing else. And they desperately want me to have television. Oh, I have yeah. Dish Network, which I've had for like 15 years. I'm happy with Dish Network. I just want broadband. That's all. So about uh, ooh, four months ago, they sent me a DVR, uh, a Dish, um, not a Dish, but a cable box. And I called them up and said, I don't want this. They said, okay, well, just send it back. So they emailed me a, a code. I put it on the box, sent it back, UPS, no problem. Well, at the end of the month, there was a charge for cable service. I don't have cable service. So I called and I yelled at them, and they took it off. The next month, there was a charge for cable service, TV service. I don't have TV service, so I called and I yelled at them. You need to quit watching so much TV, Mark. Right. And they said, okay, we'll fix that. The next month, they sent me a cable box, (laughs) which I didn't ask for. What's it going to charge you for? You might as well watch it. <laughs> so, so I, I, I got the email. The thing. I called them up said, I don't want this. And uh, they sent it back. I sent it back. The, this month now, this is like five months in, uh, there was a charge for TV. And finally, I said, okay, I'm done. I'm just going to cancel your service. AT&T has literally been knocking on my door trying to give me service. I'll give them a try. I'm just, I'm done. So I called them up. And they said, the hold times are extremely long. Would you like us to call you back? I thought, hey, that's a great service. That's very polite. So I did that. And 40 minutes later, they called me back and then put me on hold for 45 minutes and then hung up on me. So I still have Comcast because they won't cut me off. They're like, they're like the bad girlfriend from college you can't get rid of, you know. <laughs> My but seven Stacey, broke up. super ex-boyfriends or something like yeah. that. Yeah. It was like... But but Wayne, just because we broke up doesn't mean we can't hang out. Yes, Stacy, that's what it means. <laughs> I'm in a Wayne's World mood tonight. So Don, if uh if you were to have a certain internet provider provide service to your house and then change internet providers, would one think that you could change back to the previous provider if you so chose? One would think that, yes. I'm not going to keep a straight face all night tonight with Don with his headphones. <laughs> if you're not yeah. watching the live stream, if you're listening to this post live, Don's got broken headphones and his left one's flopping around like the like half of a Princess Leia hair bun. <laughs> and it still works too. That's the hilarious part. So I can get it to flop back onto my ear like so. Like, oh, nope. Oh, wow. This is hilarious. And we lost him. Yeah. Because he can't switch back to AT&T, even though he had AT&T at that house one time before. And that's what that's the story he was going to tell. He had AT&T there. He switched to Comcast, I think. He was frustrated with their performance, like he has right now. 
he called ATT back to move the service back to his house, and they said we don't provide service there. He's back, and he hey. said, he said, yes, I'm, you, I've had service here in this very house before, and then they said, dot dot dot, rigmarole, um, shuffling it's, about of feet and and so forth, and basically were looking for a reason to get me off the phone. So they said, oh, we have to have somebody come out and connect another switch to your ports in your hub and um, things that sound more more technical than that because I know what all those words mean, but yeah. <laughs> and um, they said, we'll call you tomorrow to let you know when they're going to be there. You've got to get a hold of Chloe so she can open up a socket. Yeah. yeah. Open up 24 reference there for and so what happened, Don? They, they came out the next day and they set you right up? Yeah, they, they called me um, just as, as they said they would and then came and connected, Chloe connected a socket. No, none of that happened. <laughs> as a matter of fact, now that I think about it, I think I actually called them again and was just on hold for, you know, like 30, 45 minutes and just decided it wasn't worth it. So with internet so, companies in the U.S., for those of you overseas, I don't know how it is there, but here it's very difficult to get service and even more difficult to leave that service. Right. Absolutely. A, you can check this, out anytime you want, but you can never leave. <laughs> right. It's like Hotel California. I had this girlfriend. I, I call her that. I don't know if she actually was a girlfriend till to this day. It's been 25 years. I'm not, still not sure if she was my girlfriend. I'm going to say her name on the, on the, on the air. Nobody will ever. I, I doubt somebody that's listening will know her. Um, her name was Susan Polchinski. I think she might have been Hi, Polish. I'm not sure. Uh, Hi. Had four vowels in the middle of her name. P O L C Z Y and S K I. That's five vowels if you can't Y. P O L C Z Y. That's six vowels. Uh, in SKI. You can find yeah. her on Facebook well, at facebook.com. <laughs> She's so, married now. So it does she was now. a senior when I was a freshman in college. <clears throat> and, uh, and, um, and her best friend was a freshman in college also when I was. And so she came up to band concerts and, and things like that. And David B says you got to call Boris to allow him Don's house to get served. To have him allow Don's house to get you served. You have cash. Good. <laughs> Boris has the Boris box turned off, routing things to way across. Uh, anyway, so uh, we 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 dated a little bit. You know, I, I say that we went out a couple of times. I went over to her house a few times. We we hung out at, at events at the college that she showed up at, and she was a senior. You know, like I said, and I was a freshman. We weren't there wasn't a big age difference or anything, and so. Our first real serious date, she asked me to take her, to go to her prom with her, and I was like, "All right, this is it." You know, we've kind of been dancing around this boyfriend girlfriend dating thing for a couple of months, and, and believe it or not, I was a little bit socially awkward. Uh, I know it's hard to believe, and um, bashful at the time. And so, uh, so I said, "All right, well, I'll take you to the prom." So we, I pick her up. We go to the old San Francisco Steakhouse for dinner. I don't know if you've ever been there before. It, if you took her to the old San Francisco Steakhouse, she was your girlfriend. It's it's That's what I that kind of money. She was your girlfriend. You ain't kidding. It was expensive. So we went to the old France, old San Francisco Steakhouse. We went to her prom. We we uh, she didn't want to dance. She just kind of sat there, kind of mopey. Normally she was pretty pretty perky, but she just sat there, kind of mopey. And so I danced with her friends all night. Had a great time. Me and her friends all had a great time. Got in the car and we started driving home. And I said, "Well, Susan Polchinski, five vowels in the middle of your name. Did you have? Did you have? Any, did you have fun tonight? Did you have okay time?" She said, "Yeah, it was, it was nice. I had a good time." I said, "Good." She said, "Only one thing could have made it better." And I was like, "Okay, what was? What is it? Maybe I could have rented a nicer car. I just took my my family's big boat, you know, like a Lincoln or whatever they had. Uh, um, maybe took her somewhere else that she liked to eat better. I, I don't know. 
maybe I could have used a different cologne. I was just, I was thinking. She said, you know, the thing that had made it perfect is if Stephen could have taken me. <laughs> Stephen was this guy she had met in band camp when she was a freshman, and they had had this on-again, off-again relationship where, you know, he was the perfect one for her, and, and but she'd bro- he'd broken it off and never really, you know, kind of, they had corresponded, and I knew about him, and, and they hadn't really corresponded much over the year, but I'd always dreamed that Stephen would take me to my senior prom. That would have been the only thing that made it any better. <laughs> And I was like, what a great date she was. <laughs> I know. I was like, wow, really? That's very interesting. So we drove home pretty much silence. We drove up. I mean, how do you her, say anything to that? I know. Yeah. Drove up that's, to her driveway. That's uh, officially a conversation killer right there. Got out of the car. We walked up to her door. Um, I opened the, the, like the storm door for her. She opened the, the front door and I said, thanks. Have a good night. And turned around and walked off. With her still standing there in the doorway. <laughs> she I, could I have said, I want us to stop talking now, and it would have had less of an impact than that statement. I would have questioned that. At least, you know, why? Why do you want right. to stop talking? But it, I don't uh, understand, but I respect I, your wishes. I had to, I mean, I, that was literally one of those times where it was, don't say anything if you can't say anything nice. <laughs> so I just said, thanks, have a good, uh, have a great night, and turned around and walked off. Mm-hmm. And just, I just could I, I was literally, I'm still, this is, that was 1988. That was 25 years ago, and I still can't believe that that happened the way, like that. So I always joked, because that was not the, the first time she'd done something kind of like that. You know, it was, that's why I say, when I say uh, she, if she was my girlfriend or not, I'm not sure we went back and forth. I, I always equate her um, to golf. If you ever played golf, golf's like, you go out, this is going to be fun. This ought to be great. Golf's an awesome game. You drive, oh, that's, that was cool, and then, Short game, oh, that was great. And then you putt and you miss. And like, oh, but ah, oh. I just mul- I just triple bogeyed a, a, a hole that I was on the green in two. That's ridiculous. I'm never playing this stupid game again. Next drive, right down the middle of the fairway. That was awesome. This is the best game ever. <laughs> and so that's the kind of girlfriend she was. She would call and she was very pretty. She was very nice. And she'd call and she'd just be so loving and, and sweet and flattering on the phone. And then the next time I called her, she'd be like, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. I'll talk to you later. I'm like, what? Uh, triple mulligan, triple bogey again. What is going on here? So yeah, anytime I go play golf, I always think of Susan Bolchinski. But enough of that. Can, can I tell a quick story? Just a short one. Uh-huh. It's, it's in the Does same Does it involve way. a person with, with, with five consonants in their last name? No, no. And I, and I won't okay. be mentioning the name. But uh, in college, I once uh, showed up to pick a girl up for a date. We had uh, arranged a date, and it was all set. And uh, uh, when I got there, she said, you know, I really don't think I'm up to it tonight. My boyfriend just broke up to, uh, with me, and I don't think I'll be very good company. Wah, 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 wah. That's a great one. Well, since, since we're telling these stories, and, and we've got a, we got a couple of minutes, um, I got one more. This is this is the other worst date of my life. So I was 16, <clears throat> and there was a guy, Mark, who worked with worked for my dad and with me because I worked in the farm also during the summer, who was 19. And he said, Aaron, I got this girl I want to hook you up with. I'm going to call her Jenny. I don't even remember what her real name was. Her name is Jenny. She's 16 years old. I've been telling her about you. I think she'll like you. Um, I think you'll like her. And why don't we take my fiance and me, and me and you will go out on a double date. I was like, okay. That sounds great, you know. Because, again, I was socially awkward and bachelor around girls. So somebody fixing me up with somebody was like, yes, double thumbs up. So we get in my car. We drive to Mark's fiance's house. We pick her up. 
they're in the back seat, you know, sitting next to each other because it's, it's my old Camaro, Mark, my 84 Camaro, so they couldn't nice. ride in the front seat together. So we, we, we drive over to the girl's house. We knock on the door. She comes to the door. She's cute enough. I mean, I'm like, all right. And so Mark and I are standing at the door. His girlfriend waiting in the car, fiance, whatever she was. And so her cousin comes with her because her parents don't know me, know Mark a little bit, but he's older. You know, he's, a, he's an adult. He's 19. So just chaperone her 16-year-old cousin comes as well. And I'm fine with that. I'm like, okay. So we get in the car. And she's like, who's that? Mark says, my girlfriend, fiance, fiance. And she kind of acts strange. We go, we go to the movie. I pay for her girlfriend, her friend, her and her cousin's movie. They say, we always sit on the second row. And they proceed to go sit on the second row by themselves after we had already sat down. And I was like, oh, okay. So anyway, long story short, <clears throat> it all came to light afterwards that she had a crush on Mark. Ah. She thought she was going on a date with Mark, not with me. Awesome. <laughs> And so I understand now why she was a little acting a little strange. I, I don't really take her personally, but it was the second worst date of my life. So it was quite, quite, quite humorous looking back. And that was what I just kind of laughed about. I can't believe I just, you know, that he did that. He's one of four brothers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Wow. Awesome. Was there a last name yeah. gospel? No. no. Okay. It was you think You think that you're socially awkward, but you actually had... <laughs> you had dates. Even bad dates. You had dates <laughs> in high school, and that was... I would have thought you were the coolest kid in well, that was world. that was one date I had. <laughs> and I, had I had another girlfriend that broke up with me to, to date one of, our friend, one of my friends. But uh, other than that, it didn't, didn't have much action in high school. So anyway... I just <clears> had <throat> a lot of girls that were friends that would say, I wish that I could find a guy that's yeah. just... Yeah. Just like you. Just like you. <laughs> why are men, like, hey, why are boys always such jerks? Hello, mm -hmm. hello. I did not profess to be homosexual in high school. Just to clarify <laughs> that point. Uh, asexual. Well, I had. A, I did have a. I, I couldn't a, date you. You're like my brother. Yeah. Right. No. Yeah. Went out. Went to the went to the roller rink one night with a friend of mine. I was about 15. He was about 16, maybe 17. He drove, and I, I wasn't quite old enough to drive yet. So there was these two girls there, and um. And we kind of had our eyes on them. We, we were doing our best, absolute best to pick them up with all the game that we had, which was none. Uh, like I said before, socially awkward and shy. So finally, the one that I got my eye on comes over and says, you want a couple skate? You know, couple skate? And I was like, yes! I can't believe it! This is You've awesome. reached the pinnacle of social activity so at the skating rink. Right. And I'm a really bad skater anyway. But So we make like two laps, and then she says, so your friend, does he have a girlfriend? Wah, wah. Mm. <laughs> And my friend thinks you're really cute, and I didn't really like her friend. But anyway, so tonight we're going to talk about something that I've been working on for a while. I, I've got it. I'm almost done with it. Um, I've taken my thoughts, some of the content of some of the podcasts, some of the content of my blog posts, and I'm in the process of putting it into a book or a booklet. What's the definition of a booklet? Uh, a small 11 pages or less? Book? I don't know. I think you're looking I don't know, it'll, it'll probably be about 50 pages long when I'm done in Word. I don't know pages that equates to. Uh, and what it is, is it's a six week program where I kind of step you through. And the reason it's six weeks, that's, that's totally arbitrary. You could do it in two week increments if you wanted to. You can make it a six month program if you wanted to. Uh, but what we do is we do incremental changes. So I'm just going to talk through some of these weeks. Maybe Don, Mark, y'all might think something I've forgotten because so, we've. We've talked about this stuff so much, but this is going to put everything, kind of everything together in one spot. 
the, the things that I felt like were the most beneficial. Now, week six really is a hodgepodge. We won't probably get into that. That's kind of like the everything else I know about getting fit and, and things that will make you healthier. Blah. Here they are. <laughs> That's chapter six. doesn't actually have the sound effect in it. This is week six through the rest of your life. So here's yeah. plenty of content. So uh, I want to start off. I, I'm, uh, I'm going to read, if you don't mind. Um, it's just a couple pages long and I've told the story before, but I'm going to read it because I think it's, it maybe, maybe it's, it'll, it'll play better if I read it. And it's the story of deckhand Larry. <clears throat> Here we go. The other day, 10 years ago, my wife and I went on a cruise for our 10th wedding anniversary. We cruised down to Progresso, Cozumel and our third stop Belize. We actually never went to the mainland of Belize. That's a side note. Instead, we chose to take an excursion to Jeff's key so I could snorkel. Now, Jeff's Key turned out to be a small island. When I say small, I mean small, tiny, only 1.2 acres. It was right off of the coral reef and was surrounded by crystal clear water. There was a place to dock a couple of boats, a little cabana with some people selling drinks and snacks out of ice chests. It was a beautiful place, not because of the dock and the ice chest, but just in general. Those of us that snorkeled did so about 100 yards off the coast of the island. When you finished snorkeling, you swam back to the boat and got back in. At least that was the general idea. Cheryl sunned in the boat reading a novel while I did my best to swim around and enjoy the reef. Once I was exhausted, which took about 15 minutes, I swam back to the boat. Larry was the deckhand on the boat that we took from the cruise ship to the island. He had a brilliant smile, a quiet manner, and a quick laugh. He was less than 18 years old and weighed a buck 25 soaking wet. One of Larry's jobs was to help people back into the boat. Now, there was a ladder on the back of the boat. However, one side of the ladder had broken loose from the fiberglass of the boat. So Larry would stand with one foot holding the broken piece of the ladder in place, hang a rope over the back for each person to pull themselves up. The problem was the ladder was so short that only the bottom step of the ladder was actually in the water. Since I had my belly to contend with, I had to practically float on my back to get my foot up on it. Now picture Larry, all 125 pounds of him, trying to hold a rope that I'm pulling on, all 400 pounds of me, while keeping the ladder from pulling loose with one of his feet. After about 10 minutes of me attempting to get in, Larry and I both realized that if I were to pull hard enough to pull myself up onto the ladder, what would actually happen would be the quick extrication of Larry from the boat. Fortunately, two other snorkelers were willing to give me a shove on the derriere. With the addition, additional lift they added, I eventually made it back into the boat. Was this a funny sight? I'm sure. Was it also embarrassing? Absolutely. In fact, that experience had such a profound effect to me that I came home and began to really make some changes toward getting healthy. At least, that's what I wish I could say. The reality is I went back to the ship, and that night I gorged myself with the incredible food they served. It wasn't until almost seven years later that I did take some action. And that's how the book starts. Kind of giving you a, a little little cliff notes version of the intro to the book. That's the intro. So, uh, any comments guys from the peanut gallery? Very, very nice. Thank you. Um, so, and that's a true story. No fabrication whatsoever. In fact, if, if anything, I made it less humiliating than it actually was. <laughs> so the first um, two pages of the book, we're going to dwell for 10 minutes on, uh, on <clears throat> how Aaron felt when he was embarrassed yeah. that time. Right. I can so, see what yeah. you did there. This book is is um, is geared for those people that, uh, well, it says like this. This book may be for you. This book isn't. Let me back up. This book is uh, not for those of you that are trying to break that ten percent body fat threshold. <laughs> However, if you if you if you answer yes to any of the following, you've almost resigned yourself to the fact that you're always going to be fat. You've been overweight for years. You've tried and failed multiple diets. You've tried and failed multiple exercise programs. You've tried and failed multiple diet and exercise programs. The idea of being on a diet doesn't appeal to you. The idea of exercising doesn't make your day. You'd like to be able to just get off the couch and do more. 
if any of those are you, then this is kind of the, the way the book is geared toward. Because the idea is just to get you further along the road to health than you are now. So, um, again, it's not, it's not uh, the South Beach diet. It's not the Atkins diet. It's not, a, it's not uh, insanity or P90X or anything like that. So, <clears throat> and the way the book works is it's got, like I said, six main chapters, and then I've got a checklist. I'm actually going to use the checklist to kind of talk through the different topics of the, ta- of the chapter. So, chapter one, this is the most important chapter um, because if you don't really start off and do this, I think it's going to be hard to move forward. And so, I know, Mark, this is something you've done quite a bit. I've done it. I believe you've done it as well, Don. The first thing I ask people to do and I encourage, if you're listening to this and you, and you don't go out and buy the book, by the way, it'll be fifty nine ninety five downloadable. Not really. Uh, pesos, maybe. Um, the first thing is do a food diary at least one week. And because if the reality is, if you're 350, 400, 450 pounds, if you're if you're a five foot tall woman, and you weigh 250 pounds, your calorie intake has got to be high. And so what this food diary does, it helps you really come to grips with the reality of what you're putting in your body each day. And I go through some steps um, uh, in chapter two, actually, week two, about how to make some changes based off your food diary. So anyway, first thing, do a food diary. Second step is find an accountability partner. We've talked about that quite a few podcasts as well. Um, I I think really the best world would be two types of accountability partners. One is somebody you're in the journey with. We've talked about that. Somebody that you might go exercise with, somebody that you might share your struggles with in a kind of a a sympathetic sort of way. But then I also think that you need somebody that has been successful at being healthy. Whether they used to be fat and got healthy, that's even better. Or if they've just always been healthy. Because I think there's a certain level of accountability um, and just kind of a a feeling like, you know what, this person has, has been successful with their health. I'm just kind of laying myself down and saying, all right, help me stay accountable with what I'm doing. So, that's the second thing in week two, week one, excuse me, food diary, accountability partner, and then actually put a meeting with your accountability partner on your calendar. If you don't have a calendar, go get one. Um, Google calendars are free. If you use Outlook at work, whatever you got to do, set a date, meet with your accountability partner, explain to them what you're trying to do and get that food diary done. That's week one. Does that seem reasonable? Does that, does that seem like too crazy thing to ask to have somebody say, hey, keep a food diary for a week, maybe two and find somebody that's willing to to help you in this journey. Does that seem crazy, guys? Well, you mean I don't have to do uh, run five thousand laps and and do a hundred push ups on the first day? That is correct. You do not. Those are optional. That's Those crazy are talk, Aaron. Optional. That's crazy talk. But you can only put foods in your food diary that are less than a hundred calories, and then if you can't put them in your food diary, you can't eat them, right? Right. Well, like if you have if you have two thousand calories a day, is what you're supposed to be eating. When you get to two thousand, you quit putting stuff in the diary. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> That's the way it works. Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I do want to hit on that though. If you're gonna uh, keep a food diary, be honest. You right? have to. Don't don't say I had you know four ounces of chicken when you had three thighs and two legs. Right. You know. You know, and you know, I think a lot of people out there that listen to the show may remember that I'm allergic to poultry. So I actually had to have a discussion with my wife yesterday about what the difference between a drumstick and a thigh was. Because in my mind, the drumstick was the thigh. And she said, no, Aaron, there's a thigh also. And I'm like, there's a thigh? Well, where's the thigh go? She said, it's the thigh. <laughs> and I was like, but that means like the, and so I actually Googled it. Yeah, the drumstick is the lower leg. 
between the knee and the the claw, the talons. The thigh is the thigh. I didn't. I don't, I don't eat poultry, so I didn't even realize that. The, the drumstick is the tib fib. Yeah, exactly. Tib, tib, tib. And then the wing and, is the radius and the ulna. Yeah, turning sarcasm off for Don. Um, this is not. I think uh, an important point to really clarify is that you're not recording that I ate two M and M's and they're ten calories each, and that that was twenty calories, and there's three grams of fat there, and there's no. Just write down what you ate. Just the I mean, name of the food and approximately how much. One plate full of, you know, French fries or whatever. Well, I would encourage the person to use an app. The apps make it so easy. Then you don't have to do all that calculation that, like you're talking about, Don, becomes so laborious that you don't want to actually write it down. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? If, if And just approximate, like you're talking about, a plate full of, how many, ah, uh, that. I got a, I got about a couple of green beans. I don't know why I got a couple of green beans. I'm suddenly from Jersey, but I got a couple of green beans. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you don't have to. I'm not asking you to weigh your food. I'm not asking you to measure it. I want it to make it something you can do, but you do need to be detailed because, um, what I found for me personally is if I don't do the two M and M's, I probably wouldn't do two M and M's. But if I don't do the mini candy bar I had at ten o'clock and the cookie I had at eleven o'clock, and then the Hershey's peanut butter thing I had at four o'clock and then the little thing is something I had at nine o'clock. I just missed 300 calories that day times five days is 1500 calories out of my week that I didn't calculate. So, um, you don't want to make it so like to Don's point, you don't want to make it so, um, so out in the weeds and the minutia that you don't want to do it, <clears throat> but try to be as accurate as you can. All right. Moving on. Well, to week whenever two. I did mine, I just did the food and like, you know, medium or large basically was the only mm-hmm. classification I really needed. Um, between that, realizing that I was supersizing everything and the fact that I would say, oh, I'm just going to have this one thing today and that's not, and then I'll do that seven times in one day. And I Don, just I, honestly I actually, had no clue. It was very revealing for me. I actually used uh, a story of yours in, in my book, Don, and I didn't, I didn't uh, credit you for it. Uh, I'll know. And I, I want to see if you can, I want to see if you can clarify for me. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay, here we go. It was when you were talking about how for you a normal meal was such and such and such and such at McDonald's. You didn't realize that that wasn't normal. That's just what you ate all the time? Yes. And I have a quarter pounder, a chicken sandwich, a large order of fries, and 64 ounces of Dr. Pepper. It was a 10-piece McNugget, Okay. two sweet and sour sauce, supersized fry, 64-ounce Dr. Pepper, and two hot apple pies. All right, let me. Um, everybody, please hold, everyone. I'm going to type this actually in the in the book right now. I'm modifying the book. That's my uh, McDonald. That was my McDonald's meal. I could I could so, give you my um, Wendy's meal and said that one's equally impressive. So uh, a ten, ten, ten piece nugget. Hold on, ten piece chicken nuggets, supersized fries. What's the other thing? Sixty four ounces of Dodge pepper. So is, is that two thirty-two ounces? Like you would get a refill, or did they actually That's sell the, a sixty-four? Uh-huh. No, I th- well, when it was super size, I believe it was sixty-four ounces. I would get a refill. Oh, okay. On the super so size, ten-piece chicken nuggets, super-sized fries. There was no burger in this. No, no burger. Not in the McDonald's okay. one. There were three in the Wendy's one. <laughs> okay. And two hot I'll apple pies. I'll put that as an addendum. Two hot apple pies. Two yeah, just put a footnote there. Pies. I do footnotes. They're usually quite humorous, by the way, for those of you that are looking forward to reading the book. Yes. I'll give that to you after the show. You can add a footnote for. I will. I, I could probably tell you several of them. 
10 piece chicken nuggets, super sized fries, two hot apple pies, and 64 ounces of Dr. Pepper. Now, do you know yep. for sure what the calories is on that? Because I put a number in here. People are going to look it up and make sure it's right. Nope. No idea. Okay. Never I'll, I'll figure the calories out later. <clears throat> All right. So it's back more than book. 10. Yeah. More than 10. More than you probably needed. All right. So week two. In a day, probably. Week two, I, I, I talk about your daily caloric needs. I know people say, you know, paleo practitioners say you can eat what you want as long as you eat you know, grass-fed beef and vegetables. And that is true. And you can, we've, we've had this discussion actually since podcast one. Mark and I talked about this in the very first podcast. That the foods you eat do make a difference. However, there are still the basics. If you're very overweight, is a lot of calories coming in. You need to back that off. So, <clears throat> I tell people how a website they can go to to calculate their basic their basic caloric needs on a daily basis, and kind of what they need to shoot for a target, uh, and and again like to Don's point earlier, the round numbers to be able to lose some weight by just cutting back some, and then if they don't by chance have a computer, maybe they're reading a print out of this on an airplane. I don't know, I'm making that up. I actually put the math of how to do it in in Appendix B for those that like to do the paperwork themselves and show their math. Um, and then, uh, and then in the book, what we do is we step through some changes. We step through some options of some things you can do. Uh, we talk about, I talk about diet versus noun versus a verb. Diet is the thing. A noun is the things that you habitually eat. Diet as a verb is eating some way special for a certain amount of time to receive, uh, to achieve a certain effect. The problem is when you get off of the diet, then you go back to the way you were before. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I'm really, uh, really froggy here. Uh, let's see here. So I talk about grazing, looking at your diet and seeing, uh, like I was talking about before, Don, where I ate the M&Ms here and this there and that there and how many snacks did I eat and were they good snacks or not good snacks. Talk about looking through your diet and finding out, finding your white foods. Uh, you know, drug before I'd be in a food racist because I'm anti-white foods. White rice, white breads, um, white pasta, those things turn to sugar quickly and cause your blood, level, blood sugar levels to spike. And um, so just backing off of those in your, in your diet can help you. <clears throat> Desserts. It's okay to have dessert once in a while, but if you have a bowl of ice cream after dinner every night, six nights a week, that's probably bad. Of course, the first thing in my list, Mark and Don, if you can guess what it is, is don't drink your calories. Mm -hmm. Cut out those sweet drinks. You can you can lose you can cut five hundred calories a day just by cutting out Dr. Pepper and things like that. So I, I, I take you through some steps like that. And, I, and if you like, I said, if you're not going to read the book, there you go, right there. I just gave you some right off the top, uh, some things that you can do. So, here we go. Next thing. <clears throat> Again, excuse my voice. Apologize. Now, we got an accountability partner in the first week. The second week, when you meet with them, you need to tell them about the changes that you're making to your diet. That's a simple thing. It doesn't help to have an accountability partner if he, if he or she doesn't know what they're holding you accountable to. Because then they can say, How it's going? how's it going? And you can say, it's going great. And they say, fantastic. And that served no purpose other than getting to go to lunch with a friend of yours. <clears throat> so and that chapter is called Eat Less, if you can imagine that. <laughs> chapter three, week three, excuse me, actually chapter four, if you count the introduction, is called Exercise More, the other side of the coin, the flip side, the back side, the, the yin for the yang, the right fist, left fist of the two, one, two combination that's going to knock weight loss into your life or fat out of your life, whichever analogy you prefer. So, we go through, <clears throat> if you can imagine, 26 different types of things you can do for exercise. And where would I have gotten those from? I don't know. Maybe from a podcast we did about alternatives to exercise. So uh, I talk about how 
you don't have to run or lift weights. That you don't have to do those things to, to exercise. And I'm um, just if you're out there listening to this, you don't. You don't have to run. You don't have to ever run a foot. You don't ever have to lift a single piece of iron. But you got to be active. Um, so figure out what kind of exercise you want to try. Try it for a month. If it doesn't work, try something else. But the most important thing is put it on your calendar and tell your accountability partner about it. Because again, that way they can keep you accountable for what you're attempting to do and encourage you to do it. Most of, they're more of an encouragement partner, I should call them. Now you coined that phrase. And putting it on your calendar, I mean, I have right now on my calendar tonight, because I never switched it from post-marathon, is my little thing that says, go run, that popped up at 7.30. I'm actually going to go run tomorrow night because we our podcast, we moved from Wednesdays to Tuesday because of marathon training. But uh, that's what it says, go run. My little phone goes off every night and tells me, go run. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Shut up, phone. Quit beeping at me. I'll go run. Just be quiet. Um, all, all I have to really do is hit this miss, but it, it still motivates me to go. So figure out what you want to do for an exercise. Don, name five things people can do as alternatives to exercise. Go. Um, frisbee golf. Um, squash slash uh, wall ball slash racquetball. Racquetball. Thank you. That's the one I was going for. Yoga. Mm, play with your kids or someone else's kids. Walk the dog. Play with your animal or someone else's animal. Join an organized sport. Uh, like a like a correct basketball team or softball team or something. Anyway, there's 26 of them listed in the book or on the podcast. Do the laundry. <clears throat> yeah, do some laundry, exactly. So Gardening. Find, find a way to be active. That's week three. Um, so what we've done so far is we, we started a, just looking at our life in week one. Week two, we, we started changing our eating habits. Week three, we started changing our activity habits. Notice we didn't try to do the same two things at the same time. Then week four is we, uh, I talk about setting goals. I think this is important. They need to be realistic, attainable, and measurable. So for me, um, about, I started exercising in June. About August, I, I signed up for a 5K on Thanksgiving Day, however many months later that is, August, September, October, whatever, four months later. And I had a little calendar reminder on my desktop of my computer that said, you know, 109 days to gobble jog, 108 days to gobble jog. And that was just something I, I worked toward to, uh, as a goal to motivate me to stay active. And so it could be, on the other end, it could be, um, I have a, I'm, I wear a size 14. I'm, I'm, I'm pretending to be a woman right now. I wear a size 16 pants, and I want to get into a size 12 pants. And so I'm going to continue to just exercise and eat healthier until I get down in that size 12. Um, <clears throat> one of the, I named all the goals kind of humorously, uh, and one of them in, in the checklist at the end that helps you keep track of these things you're doing. And one of them I named, uh, do you have a leather punch? <laughs> <laughs> and so that's, that's the idea of your, you know, watching your waistline shrink. It doesn't have to be about the pounds. It, it's more about fitness and how you feel and how you look and how comfortable you are in your skin. That's week four. Have a goal. Have a goal. Have a goal. I don't know why I said it that way. Now, week five, <clears throat> I go a little crazy. <clears throat> Excuse me. Week five is called, that chapter is called Run for Your Life. Now, I said in week three that you don't have to run. And you do not. In fact, you can skip week five totally if you don't want to. However, running slash walking or ru-walking, as I coined the phrase, is a great way to exercise. There's so many uh, benefits from it health-wise. It so, it's so accessible. You can just about do it anywhere. There's so many great places to hike and, and run and walk in almost every state of the United States <clears throat> and beyond. So I talk about running and why um, 
why running helped me and how it might help you even if you've never considered yourself a runner. I'm still slow. I've always been slow. I'm slow. I admit it. I'm, I'm not a fast runner, but it's okay. I still enjoy doing it. Uh, so that's what week five is. Run for your life. Get out there and, and run. Run, run. And then week six uh, is, like I said before, kind of the uh, catch-all. I want to talk a little bit about sedentary versus active. And by that, guys, you and I know that you can be sedentary and active. Indeed. Right? Yes. If you sit on your desk, sit on your desk. If you sit on your desk on your rear end uh, two or more hours at a time in a row, you're considered sedentary because there are actually physiological changes that happen when you sit still for that long, even if you run three days a week or five days a week. So we talk about that, sedentary versus active. Talk about sleeping and the benefits and, and of having a good sleep life. Um, we talk about, by the way, I wonder if Don's ever gotten his uh, sleep study. We'll never know because he's frozen in time right now. He's back. Don, have you ever gotten your sleep study done? Nope. Nope, he hasn't. Mark, you had a sleep study, didn't you? I did indeed. And would you say that you've slept more restfully since then? I have. It's It was totally worth it. It's a miserable experience, but worth it in the other side. I, I, was, I was actually tell, talking to my wife about that the other day. I was literally a different person back in that like five or six years there where I was had the really bad apnea and wasn't sleeping. I was I was angry and mean and violent and you know I mean I've never been super violent, but compared to who I am today, um, yeah. you know it was I I, I said something yeah I said something or did something I don't remember what it was it, and it, it kind of triggered in my own mind the way I would have reacted to that five years ago was was so different than the way I do today it, it lack of sleep literally makes you another person yeah i remember when i was working in college my parents were going through a hard time financially and i was working going to school full-time and working at pizza hut full-time and getting home at one or two in the morning and then getting up to go to class at eight so i was chronically sleep deprived because of circumstances beyond my control and i remember just literally feeling all the time like i had just been beaten up and left on the side of the road for dead just mentally, physically, spiritually exhausted all the time. Just didn't want to do anything but go to sleep. And that makes you irritable. Mm. <laughs> Any demand that's then put upon you becomes uh, an unreasonable demand. So we talk about plateaus. That was one of our first podcasts about, you know, do you have to plateau? Everybody plateaus. And the reality is, yes, you will plateau. And yes, you should want to plateau at that healthy rate that you're looking for, weight that you're looking for. Um, but you don't, there's no arbitrary plateaus that just magically happen because you happen to be losing weight. And so one day you're going to plateau just because you do. So we talk about that. And um, so I just want to encourage you out there. If you're the person listening to this podcast and you've plateaued, it doesn't, it's not just some arbitrary, magical, you've lost some weight, now you have to plateau. It means that your calories that you're eating is now equivalent to the calories that you're burning. You either have to maybe eat a little less or eat, eat a little better, better choices like we were talking about earlier, or maybe exercise a little bit more if you want to continue to to shed some pounds so that's it and then at the end like i said there's a there's a checklist at the end of each chapter i have a little summary uh, of like the main points of the chapter and the checklist items for that chapter and then at the end of the book is a complete checklist and so my my goal would be by the time you got through to week six you've already been eating better for a month exercising for three weeks and you've got some other things to think about to make some changes in your life and i'm hoping just as my dad used to say i've gotten some people off a high center i don't know what that means Don, you're at a high center. You're not as, you're not quite as country as me and Mark. Do you know what high center I, means? At a high center. We talked about it on the show before. 
Okay. I did not know what it meant prior to talking on it about it on right. the show early. early How about centers the on show? the old country dirt road where you, you you've driven down in the tractor a bunch of times and you've worn the tra- tracks on the side of it. You got ruts down the side and the middle of the road's a little higher. It's got a little hump in it. And if you go driving down there in the car and not on the tractor, what's going to happen is your car's going to drag bottom and you're going to get your wheels up off the ground. And you're going to get stuck. That's called high center. And sometimes it's kind of hard to get off a high center. And so uh, in in weight loss. When you're um, when you're extremely overweight and you're struggling to lose that weight, um, being on high center can be hard. And I'm hoping this book will help some people get off a high center. The end. All right, that was the end of the book. But anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna finish it up. I'm I'm, I'm pretty much done except for the I've got to I got to finish up the the part about plateaus and about sleep, and uh, and that's it. And then and footnotes you know, about the, all of Don's terrible, terrible preferred meals at common restaurants. Yeah, I've got, I've got, I need to add a footnote about that. I do have, I do have quite a few little footnotes in there that are, that some of them are funny, some of them are serious, some of them are, like I have a, we talk about a tread pewter in here, and so I have a link to the website from the tread pewter episode, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but I think I'm hoping it'll help somebody. You know, I, I know I've had feedback over the years on the podcast that and the and the blogging that I did from when I very first started even uh, exercising that people said that it helped them, uh, that it gave them some things to do that made them uh, move forward, get off a high center, as they say. But uh, that's it. So I'm hoping to finish that I might actually work on it a little bit on vacation which is not this week but next week I'm um, hoping to have some maybe some downtime in a hotel room in the evening just kind of relax and take my laptop and finish it up but I think that's it so now comes the big announcement which you've all been waiting for actually nobody's been waiting for it because Mark and Don already know and nobody else even knew there was going to be a big one so you didn't know but I've decided uh, for the time being that I've really said all that I can say uh, on the podcast I feel like I I'm my energy personally and otherwise would be would be more beneficial in other areas for my own life i'm i'm busy i'm i'm trying to make some own, my own healthy changes and i i just don't have the energy to put in the podcast that i like to i don't want to do it halfway and so um as mark said on on the the art of podcasting podcast you just put a pin in it i'm not saying for sh- i'm definitely not saying we won't ever come back i'm hoping you know maybe get out there and just kick some fat butt does that make sense? That's that sounds really bad. It works Go in two there, ways. Get really healthy <laughs> myself and come back with some new things I've learned about myself and some new things I've learned about fitness. But we've had a lot of guests on the show. I feel like I've said everything that I know about what I know multiple times. And I and I really just didn't want it to turn into a a, a success story podcast. There's plenty of those out there that do a great job and that's just not really where my heart was at. So I am gonna say for now, this is the ultimate one meal, one workout podcast. I don't know when we took the word ultimate to become the mean the best when it actually means the last. I guess because the last is the best. What do you think, Mark? You're the well. There can be no other contenders once the ultimate has stepped into the ring. That's it. That's true. That's probably how that happened. Yeah. So this is the ultimate, the ultimate, ultimate one meal, one workout podcast. And I have to absolutely say, uh, I'm, I'm. I'm more sad about it than I thought I'd be. I thought I'd be like, I can take a little break, but I'm really not. I'm actually sad about it. Um, not just because I'm going to miss um, encouraging people through it. I'm going to miss interacting with my 
one meal one workout family those that uh are faithfully here every week like david specifically david b uh is it's almost here almost every single week and has been for probably the last year but i'm also going to miss talking to my one meal workout co-hosts don and mark i won't miss mark at all because i see mark five days a week so i won't miss him at all <laughs> but i will miss don and uh so anyway I'm That's sure that it. you will quickly find another excuse to draw me back in to some sort of regular Skype conversation, and I look forward to it. Uh, I will do my best to do that. Just, Don just Martin, a, do you have any a parting little, thoughts? A little network plug. Uh, I'm looking at starting up a new show that might include these two guys right here. Maybe. If you didn't, if you're not watching the live stream, then um, I did my eyebrows up and down, like I was, and I doing. gave a thumbs up. And uh, and if if we do bring the show back up, I will definitely uh, post it on Facebook and the Twitterverse for all my tens of followers. I never do Twitter, uh, and on, I'm sure it'll be announced in the Element OP Network far and wide. And um, and it just you know stay stay subscribed to the feed, and one day you might just be surprised. That's the way I look at it. Don, do you have any any parting comments? Excelsior. <laughs> awesome Mark uh, other than the plug anything else you want to sh- share with our uh, listeners before we go love you Aaron love doing the show um, it's been a great what almost two years now Come, getting close uh, uh, July so, 1st was our first podcast so yeah. so and I think you're right uh, you, you've you've said it all for now you'll come back when there's more to say all right that's my plan good night everybody I got to say it one more time, but remember guys, before you read a book written by Aaron Butler and start some crazy diet plan or, or buy P90X and realize that the yoga video is an hour and 42 minutes long and never do it again, or uh, sign up for insanity and realize that it really is crazy or do some Zumba or a spin class or before you decide, you know what? I'm never going to eat solid food again. I'm going to only eat the juice of the jujuberry. Talk to your healthcare provider, consult with them, find out what's healthy and what's good for you, and make sure that you physically can do what you're setting out to do. That's my final recommendation, and I'm sticking with it. And the last thing I do want to say, and I almost, I was almost remiss in saying this, and I think I touched on it earlier, but I was babbling. So I just want to say a sincere thank you not only to Don and Mark, but to all the listeners that have listened, subscribed, emailed me, commented on Facebook, supported me through the marathon, um, and, uh, and supported us in all other ways. Thank you very, very much because literally, as Mark has said before on other podcasts, and I'm sure Don's thought it if he's never said it, there really is literally no reason to do the podcast without listeners. <laughs> I could just call Mark and conference Don in. There's no reason to do a podcast without you. So we did it for you because of you, and I and, uh, just want to say a sincere thank you to everyone out there. Now I'm done. And see Day.